says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Then if God is it, I have to believe it. That means in Jesus, we got this, we got this, we got this. Here we go, y'all. Every step I take, every move I make, whether asleep or awake, there is no mistake. My God is in the midst, fear just can't exist. In Jesus, I can't miss. In Jesus, we got this. Virtual VBS is kicking off on June the 8th. The theme for this year is I've Got This with Jesus 2.0. Our preschools, primary, juniors, and teens will meet on Tuesdays. Preschool will meet at 5.30, primary and juniors at 6, and teens at 7. And on Wednesday night, our adult classes will meet. Be sure to sign up on the K-Chapel app.
Good morning, good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on, let's bless the Lord in this house. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad of it. Come on, let's bless the Lord God of our salvation. God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Amen. What an awesome God we serve, what an awesome God he is, and what an awesome day this is. Good to be in my father's house and good to see each of you, my father's children, you who are here in person and you who are watching online. We thank God for your presence. We thank God for your prayers. You who are online, go ahead and share this with your neighbors and your friends virtually. Let them know that you are watching K Chapel and that you are inviting them to do the same because I promise you this is a worship and a praise experience that you don't want to miss. We are going to worship God. God because God is great y'all I said God is great y'all God is a good God he's a merciful God my God my God let's pray father God in the name of Jesus how great you are how wonderful you have been to us faithful kind giving protective Lord you're just everything Everything that we need you to be, God, you are. You're that and so much more. Lord, we praise your holy name right now. God, we've been through much, but Lord, we're here. And for that, we give you praise. Now, God, have your way in this service. We need to hear a word from you, O oh God. And we need to feel your presence one more time. Thank you, God, for the gathering of these saints, those who are here in person and those who are yet online. Thank you, Lord, that we can assemble in so many ways and therefore forsaking not the assembling of ourselves. God bless now as only you can. Do what you will. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds that when this worship experience is over, oh God, that we won't leave here the same as we came. But God, that we will leave with heads lifted up. We will leave with spirits revived and souls renewed. We will, we will leave having had a fresh encounter with thee, oh God. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Have your way. In this service, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we've got the male chorus here this morning. Amen. Our virtual male chorus. And so if you can, come on, you all stand to your feet. We're going to sing this morning in here with these virtual voices and these live musicians and then our online audience. Because I believe somebody's been through a lot, but we can declare on our standing feet we're stronger than we've ever been. Amen. Amen.
I am CJ Gentry. Our scripture for the morning will come from Philippians, the third chapter, verses 7 and 8. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. May we pray. Father, we come to you this morning, thanking you for all you have done for us. We thank you for keeping us last night while we slept and for waking us early this morning to see another day. We thank you for food to eat, for clothes to wear, and for protecting us from harm. We ask that you would heal the sick, and we ask that you would bless this service today. These and other blessings we ask, in in your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful reading and wonderful prayer. Amen. Can anybody say, yeah, I've been changed. I've been changed. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my life. Amen. Mm, My God, a wonderful change. My God. Listen, it's just about time for giving. Amen. Amen. We're going to give unto the Lord God who gives so generously and gives so liberally and gives so faithfully unto us. I'm a witness that God has seen to our needs being met, uh, whether that was uh, through the gifts of loved ones or uh, simply through the gift of a job or through the gift of God has just made sure that your needs were met. Amen. Amen. God saw us through, is seeing us through, whether it was through the benevolence of the church or the paid fund, however you got through, somebody ought to witness, I got through. Amen. Through the goodness of the Lord. And so we're going to give unto the Lord God of our salvation, who's been giving so much unto us. We remind you who are here on uh, in, in person, uh, there are baskets that have already been put out. If you did not give on your way in, if you will give on your way out to our online audience, if you will give on any, in any of the number of the ways that are on your screen right now, we ask you to do two things. Give so liberally and give so cheerfully, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Amen. The mail course is coming back now.
your kingdom. We pray for those who gave and for those who had nothing to give. These and other blessings we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Listen, we want to ask that you continue to keep uh, several of our members in your prayers who recently experienced loss of loved ones. Uh, Sister Fern Anderson continues to mourn the passing of her son, Harold uh, Anderson. Also, Sister Terry Gray, who lost her father, uh, Brother Bernard Kelly. Uh, Continue to lift up uh, Sister Catherine Simmons, of course, uh, her husband, our, our dear brother and member, longtime member, Brother Leotis Simmons. Uh, continue to lift up the Helen Luster family. Helen Luster lost her brother, Eddie Gordon, in Chicago. And as well, Brother Hank Anderson, who lost his sister, youngest sister, uh, Gail Anderson Craft. Continue to lift those up in your prayers. And I'm going to ask that you lift up someone uh, who, as I as I understanding, is not necessarily connected to Cade, but is connected to Cade. I'll explain it in just a moment. Last week, we celebrated Baccalaureate Sunday. You remember we had our graduates here, beautiful graduates who accomplished so much both in high school and in college and a wonderful day. Shortly after that, uh, the tragedy uh, of a high schooler who recently graduated was killed here in Jackson. To my knowledge, there's no connection to Cade yet there is because she is us you know had there been any other way that she had died perhaps if an officer had been involved and taking her life the national media would have been here the social activists would have been here we would have been made to say her name and it seems that just a few days later some of us don't even remember her name but we lost Kennedy Hobbs graduating senior Murrah High School honor student and I think it would be right for us here and those of you who are watching to pause to say her name but to also search ourselves in asking ourselves, how do we change this narrative? How do we change this reality? It goes without saying that could have been any of our kids. And I still say, and yet it was. It was. So keep the Hobbs family in your prayers. Lift up that mother, that father, that family. 
Then let's ask ourselves how and what does the Lord have for us to do? Her name is Kennedy Hobbs.
bless his name. I feel like going on. I won't lie, it gets hard sometimes. Anybody can be a witness that sometimes you don't feel like you can go on. But thanks be unto God, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. I've come by to tell somebody, wait on the Lord. You might not feel it right now, but wait on the Lord. He'll give you what you need. Wait on the Lord. He'll supply your need according to his riches and glory. Wait on the Lord. You'll get that extra surge. Wait on the Lord. You'll you'll come around the, the corner and, 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 and your extra wind will kick in. Wait on the Lord. He'll give you what you need. And while you're waiting, why don't you just say, Father, stretch my hand to to thee
the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. Amen. And amen. While the blood is running warm in your vein, why don't you just give God a great big praise? You're not promised tomorrow. Why don't you give him the praise that's due his name today? Right now, while you can, why don't you do what you can? While you can, why don't you give him the praise that you can? While you can, why don't you tell the Lord, thank you. Oh, bless your name. Bless you, Lord. You've been so good. We honor you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We give you glory and praise. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name. Hey. Bless you, God. Yeah. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. My God, while you're still standing, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 read earlier in your hearing and thank you so much uh, youth deacon gentry for your service on this morning Philippians 3 verses 7 and 8 but what things were gained to me those I counted loss for Christ yea doubtless and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this morning from the subject, the necessary risks of being a believer. The necessary risks of being a believer. This morning's sermon is what I call potentially dangerous preaching. I call it potentially dangerous because if taken to heart, reality is that the church stands to lose some of its people potentially dangerous because if heard it could challenge and it could inspire good and grounded people to get up and do something but I take this risk because I also believe that God invites all of us to do just that take a risk say something and you don't know what the outcome is going to be but say it because you believe God gave it to you to say it do something not knowing how God is going to work it all out but do it believing that God gave you the orders risky potentially dangerous all of the great stories of faith in the Bible are great stories because they inherently involve risk. When God used Abraham 
said to him, I will make of you a great nation. There was the risk. The risk that Abraham had to face in leaving his father's house. Going to a land unknown to him with nothing but the promise that God said, go and I'll make you something. The risk. And God was ready to free the Hebrews from Egyptian bondage. He invited Moses to take a risk with him. Sending him before Pharaoh to speak on God's behalf. And, and Moses had to risk himself being rejected. Listen to him say, what if they don't believe me? <laughs> it's a risk. The risk of failure. The risk of rejection. And yet, God says to him, go and I will send you and be for you what you need me to be. When Jesus invites Peter, get out of the boat and join him on the water. There was the risk. Risk that Peter was being asked to leave the security of that vessel and come into unknown situations. And only by taking the risk was he able to walk on water. Potentially dangerous preaching because I believe there's some water walkers in here. And every now and then you need somebody to push you and to say to you, with God all things are possible. What I'm suggesting to you this morning is that at some point in your discipleship as a follower of Christ and as a believer in God, you will be asked to take some necessary risks to do something unexpected, to give something extravagant, to stand for something that needs your voice. That's, that's why each of us has been given a measure of faith so that when God invites us on a journey with him, we will have the faith necessary to go. The faith necessary to sacrifice, the faith necessary to give, the faith necessary to try, the faith necessary to speak, the faith necessary to write, the faith necessary to sing, to move, to apply, to submit your resume, to give your portfolio, to submit your headshot, your sample, whatever it is that puts you in the place of taking a risk with God. Today's text Apostle Paul puts that basic idea before us that the rewards for pursuing Christ outweigh the risks involved. In fact, Paul says that all the things that he could have had, he counts them but as dumb. Paul says, Paul says, listen, I'm following Christ, but understand, I gave up something. I gave up my prestige for I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I, I, I had the good, watch this, religious stock. People knew my name. People knew who I was. He said, but I count all of that 
is lost, dung, that I might win. He says, watch this, I'm taking a risk. I'm taking a risk, watch this, that the rest of my life will not be built on my reputation. But will be built on my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Taking a risk. I'll I'll put all of that aside and believe that the reward of walking with the Lord is bigger and better than anything I could have provided for myself. He takes a risk. And we are invited to do the same. The old Negro spiritual says, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have this whole world, but give me Jesus. I, I count all of this loss, all of this stuff, all of these things that, that I, watch this, I have put stock in. I count it now dung if I can gain Christ. Another songwriter said, for Christ is all. All in all this world to me so discipleship I'm not going to hold you long today but discipleship requires that we be willing to take some risks with the Lord Jesus does not hide the necessary risk associated with following him from us he is up front he is direct with his disciples and his potential followers when he says to them watch this if a man will come after me let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. That's a risky proposition. A risky proposition that involves the probability and even the promise of suffering. Taking up one's cross is not an invitation to go and buy a piece of jewelry. Taking up one's cross is not a pitch to purchase some house decor and put it on the table or hang it on the wall. But Jesus is pointing to the fact that being a follower of his includes the necessary risk of suffering. I'm glad that Jesus points that out to us because I'm afraid that too many Christians have associated the cross with fashion and furnishings rather with the necessary risk of suffering and sorrow. But Jesus said, if you're going to be with me, you're going to have to suffer some stuff. If you're going to walk with me, you're going to have to feel what it feels to be in sorrow's valley. If you're going, if you're going to take on my name, you have to also, watch this, take on my suffering. There are risks involved with being a believer. And I pray that as you take these risks, that you are called to a place where you can more clearly hear the voice of God in your own life and in your personal affairs. Because I'm convinced of this, that Jesus is not just concerned about you getting into heaven. I said heaven. Jesus is not just concerned about you getting into heaven. 
But Christ is concerned about you fulfilling your purpose here on earth. He is not just concerned about you making it to the pearly gates. But he's concerned also about you having and fulfilling that which he has called for you to be and to do in this place and this space in this season. So for the remainder of this sermon, I want to invite you to hear the words of Jesus speaking to his disciples in a couple of passages, two passages. First one recorded in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 10. Both are in the gospel of Matthew. This one is in chapter number 10. Listen to Jesus in this passage, beginning at verse number 12. And when ye come into a house, salute it. If the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that city, out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. I want to talk to you on this first point about the necessary risk of public failure. Oh, I'm going to hit you hard with this one. The necessary risk of public failure. Jesus invites his disciples to go and preach the good news, but he prepares them for the reality that they might fail. There's a risk involved. And he says to them, just because I sent you don't mean He says, I sent you, but folk will do what they want to do. I sent you, some will receive you, some will reject you. Don't let the rejection cause you to misunderstand that you have been sent. See, because you'll leave there and think that because they rejected you, that he must didn't send you. And he says, no, I sent you, but some folk will reject you. Can I, can I preach this the way I feel it? Listen, in life, in life, there is an inherent risk of rejection. Get over it. Some of you have not put yourselves out there because you're afraid of failure. Get over it. Okay, they say no. Then what? They said no. It rhymes with so. Shake the dust off of your feet. Move on. Wish I had a witness in here. If you're going to walk with the Lord, you got to be willing to take some risks. And there is a risk that you will fail. There is a risk that some will reject you. But in every rejection, here's what I've come to learn. That man's rejections are oftentimes God's direction. When there are enough no's, that's oftentimes God's divine way of leading you to his yes. 
You started out here and they said no. You started out here and they said no. You applied over here and they said no. And after a while, you start getting depressed. But all God is saying is, I'm leading you to your yes. I'm taking you to your yes. You had to hear the no so I could get you to your yes. There is the inherent risk of failure. If they say no, it is not the end of the world. If you apply, you send your resume, you submit your writing sample, and they say no, enough no's will eventually push you to God's yes. And here are two things I want you to understand. Failure will cause you to focus. <clears throat> Can I say that again? Failure will cause you to focus. Here's the next thing. Rejection will help you to develop. Failure will cause you to focus. Why? Because you will look at things that, 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 that are going wrong in the process and, and it will fine tune your thoughts. It'll fine tune what you're putting out there. It'll make you go back over that thing and say, yeah, I, I broke that verb in that sentence. That's why they probably said no. Yeah, my, my, my participle was hanging over there. I need to clean that up that, they, didn't, they thought I didn't care about this job I, I see why they said no y'all ain't talking to me failure will cause you to focus zero in on what others are seeing that you may have overlooked rejection will cause you to develop rejection will put you in a place where you have to watch, watch this develop your fortitude so that no doesn't crush you you got to at some point learn how to deal with rejection because everybody is not going to accept you and you got to learn how to shake the dust off of your feet and keep it moving Number two, number two, necessary risk. Go to Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. We're going to stay here. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. Verse 27 says, then answered Peter and said unto him, behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also ye also shall sit upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone here it is and everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first here it is watch this the next risk that every believer must be willing to take is the necessary risk of our reliance upon possessions. The necessary risk of our reliance upon possessions. In this passage, Jesus has just engaged a young man who has inquired uh, him about inheriting eternal life. The young man later in the passage is described as having many possessions. And, and, and it is those possessions that Jesus challenges him and asks him to risk. 
He says to him, yes, you followed the commandments from a boy. You've honored your father and your mother. You, you've honored the Sabbath. You've done all the things that the Ten Commandments say. He said, but there's one thing you lack. He said, go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor and come follow me. Jesus invites this young man, watch this, to release his reliance upon riches. He invites this young man to risk his reliance upon his possessions. It is the same risk that is required of anyone who will follow Christ. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you cannot do it with a heart for money over people. If you're going to follow me, you, 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 cannot, you cannot at your core be more concerned about money than you are about humanity. He says it another way when he says you cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus asked this young man as he asked all who will follow after him to take the risk of no longer relying on our possessions to fulfill us. Don't rely on our possessions to comfort us, but to find both fulfillment and comfort and definition of who we are in and through Christ and Christ alone. That's a risk for us to take in this world. Because everything in this world and about this world tells us that we can find comfort in stuff. Wish I had a witness in here. Everything in and about this world tells us that we are somebody with the more stuff we have. Wish I had a witness in here. Everything about this world says if, 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 if we can have more, get more. Do I have a witness in here? We, 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 we are made to be convinced that our worth is found in our possessions, that, 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 that what we can afford to buy and where we can afford to live and what we can afford to do, that those are the things that define us. And Jesus invites us to develop a different understanding of material things where we do not lay up ourselves for treasures on the earth where moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now hear me, hear me, hear me well, hear me well. That does not mean that we need to live in a communal compound. Everybody wearing the same thing, looking sad, trying to see what you eat. That is not what that means. But it does mean that we see possessions in a different light. It means that we're not confused about material things and what they mean and how they are to be prioritized in our lives. It means that when God asks something of us that we are not holding on to it so tightly that we aren't willing to let it go. It means that when the spirit moves upon our hearts to give something of great value that we're willing to give it. It means when the Lord whispers in our ear, pay for that child's tuition. That we don't go fasting and praying for three months. The child already three months into the semester. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. See, it's 
It's taking risks. And taking a risk means doing something you wouldn't normally do. Not knowing how it's going to end up, how God is going to use it, what God is going to do with it, but I know God said it. Taking a risk. Paying for somebody a used car or a new car. Lord blessed you like that. See how quiet it got? Y'all stop saying amen too online. I saw y'all ain't typing nothing now. Y'all typing nothing. Taking a risk. Taking a risk puts you in unfamiliar, uncomfortable spaces. Doing things you hadn't done before. But knowing that in your heart and in your spirit that the Lord led you to do it. Here's what I can tell you. The word of God is true. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together, run. What does that mean? That means whatever you give in the name of Christ, God is going to give it back to you bigger and better than you gave it out. The word of God is true. Cast your bread upon the waters and after many days ye shall find it. The word of God is true. Whatsoever a man soweth that he shall also reap. The word of God is true. The old church just said it like this. You can't be God given. No matter how hard you try. But in order to give like that you can't be so stuck and tied to your possessions. You have to see that what God has put in your hands doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. And if God chooses to use it to bless him or to bless her or to get some child their school books for the new year, so be it. Take a risk. I know you've never done it like that before. God has never used you like that before. Take a risk. Give it and quit checking in to see that they use it for exactly what you gave it for. Take a risk. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Take a risk. Finally, finally, every believer finally is invited to take the necessary risk of leaving the familiar. Mm. The necess- I told you this is dangerous preaching. The necessary risk of leaving the familiar. It's in verse 29. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children. Jesus now pivots from our reliance on possession and raises the issue of our dependence upon the familiar or in this case the familial family that which makes us and causes us to be most comfortable Jesus asked the question of 
potential believers to risk our dependence upon that which causes for us the most comfort and the most convenience. And this is where this gets dangerous because it picks at the heart of those who have been too fearful to leave the familiar. You've been too scared to leave what you know. You've been too afraid to step out of your comfort level because I can't see what's down there. Now let me put some guardrails on this as not to get into trouble. Jesus is not asking you to leave your spouse. Amen. I, I just got to put some amen. The Lord said use a lie. The preacher said I know you a lie. He's not asking you to leave your spouse. Jesus is not asking parents to up and abandon their children. He's not asking children to run away from home and leave their parents. Jesus is not asking vulnerable adults to leave their caretakers. That is not what any of this is about. Rather, Jesus is saying that discipleship comes with a calling to discovering true security. Too often it is the case that we have tied our security to that to which is familiar to us. We've connected our security to our comforts and you cannot be too tied to your creature comforts that you miss God's mandate on your life. Cannot be so connected to your networks that you miss God calling. You cannot be so fine-tuned to what they're saying that you don't hear what God is saying. You cannot be so committed to that which you know and the life that you've built and the home that you've bought that you are unwilling to hear God's voice inviting you to go and to grow in a new context. And that is the risk. It's a risk because the safety net that you've grown accustomed to is no longer there. And now your safety net must be God and God alone. That's the risk. Because you're no longer relying upon your associations and your connections and your networks and the fact that people know you and know your name and know your face. When was the last time you've done something and you know that you're doing it it was just you and God. It didn't have nothing to do with who you were. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. When was the last time you did something that you knew it was just you and God? And if God didn't come through, if God didn't open the door, if God didn't make a way, if God didn't handle it, it would not have been handled 
because you left your connections and you left your network and you left your associations and nobody knew your name, nobody recognized your face. It was you walking in the word and standing on the promises of God. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you walked believing that God was just going to meet you there? Talking about taking some risks. The kind of risk that Abraham took. The kind of risk that Moses took. The kind of risk the disciples took when they said, Lord, we have left all to follow you. It's the kind of risk that Paul took. It's the kind of risk that the Lord invites all believers at some point in life to take. And there are different types of risks. Everybody's not called to go and find a new place. And but you know what God is inviting you to do. The journey that he is inviting you to take. The space where he is inviting you to live out your new reality. I believe this and I'm through. That every point, at some point, every believer is asked to take a risk with the Lord. Every believer, might be a different type of risk. But at some point, he's going to ask you to do something that makes you uncomfortable. God's going to pull you in a direction that, that says, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it with me and nobody else. The question is, are you willing to take that risk? Here's what I can promise you. The reward will always outweigh the risk. I'm done. The reward will always outweigh the risk. I pray that whoever you are, wherever you are, that as you hear the Lord inviting you to get over your fear of failure, and over your fear of rejection, that as the Lord invites you to not be so dependent upon your possessions, but to recognize that your security is in him and him alone, for my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. I pray that as God pulls you and stretches you into those uncomfortable spaces. That you will become a water walker. <laughs> that you will be a faith walker. You will be the type of person that recognizes that rejection is actually direction. And I'll count it all loss that I might win Christ. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. He make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. 
and give you his peace. I have decided <laughs> to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back no turning back the world behind me <laughs> the cross before me the world behind Take the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Yes. Though none go with me, you ought to take the risk and follow me. Still, I will follow. Nobody else will go. none go with me. Still I will follow. Though none go with me. Still I will follow. No turning back. No moment, if you've not followed Christ, I pray that you answer the call. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks and invites you to walk with him. Are there risks involved? Sure. There's the risk that you might lose some of your associations. Some of the people you run with may not run with you on this one. Some of the people you've done life with may not understand this choice. There is the risk. But I promise you that the reward outweighs the risk. So if you're ready to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and begin this journey, this walk with him where 
you're willing to lose it all that you might gain Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name, I believe now Jesus to be the Son of God. I believe he died on a cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose again from the dead. And by faith, I accept him now as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to call the number that's on your screen. If you pray that prayer and you're here, I want you to meet me at the end of service and we're going to get you fellowship into the service, into the church that you might come to understand how to live out your faith in Christ. Wherever you are, whoever you are, come by way of uh, virtual, come by way of physical at the conclusion of this service and we will give you the next step in the faith. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We're standing now for the benediction. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.